0: Section four of India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The World Story, Volume Two: India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section four the people whom the Aryans found in india by sir william wilson hunter the oldest dwellers in india consisted of many tribes who in the absence of a race name of their own are called the non aryans or aborigines they have left no written records indeed the use of letters or of any simplest hieroglyphics was to them unknown the sole works of their hands which have come down to us rude stone circles and the upright slabs and mounds beneath which like the primitive peoples of europe they buried their dead from the remains found in these tombs we only discover that at some far distant but unfixed period they knew how to make round pots of hard thin earthenware not inelegant in shape that they fought with iron weapons and wore ornaments of copper and gold earlier remains prove indeed that these ancient tomb-builders formed only one link in the chain of primeval races before them india was peopled by tribes unacquainted with the metals who hunted and warred with polished flint axes and other deftly wrought implements of stone similar to those found in northern europe and even these were the successors of yet ruder beings who have left their agate knives and rough flint weapons in the narbada valley in front of this far-stretching background of the early metal and stone ages, we see the so-called aborigines being beaten down by the newly arrived Aryan race. The victorious Aryans called the early tribes Dasias or enemies and Dasas or slaves. The Aryans entered India from the colder north and prided themselves on their fair complexion. Their Sanskrit word for color, Varna. Came to mean race or caste. The old Aryan poets, who composed the Veda at least three thousand and perhaps four thousand years ago, praised their bright gods who, slaying the Dasyas, protected the Aryan color, who subjected the black skin to the Aryan man. They tell us of their own stormy deities who rush on like furious bulls and scatter the black skins. Moreover, The Aryan, with his finely formed features, loathed the squat Mongolian faces of the aborigines. One Vedic poet speaks of the non-Aryans as noseless or flat-nosed, while another praises his own beautiful-nosed gods. The same unsightly feature was commented on with regard to a non-Aryan Asiatic tribe by the companions of Alexander the Great on his Indian expedition, at least a thousand years later but indeed the vedic hymns abound in scornful epithets for the primitive tribes as disturbers of sacrifices gross feeders on flesh raw eaters lawless not sacrificing without gods and without rites. as time went on and these rude tribes were driven back into the forest they were painted in still more hideous shapes till they became the monsters and demons of the aryan poet and priest their race name dasiu or enemy thus grew to signify goblin or devil nevertheless all the non-aryans could not have been savages we hear of wealthy dasius or non-aryans and the vedic hymns speak of their seven castles and ninety forts the aryans afterwards made alliance with non-aryan tribes and some of the most powerful kingdoms of india were ruled by non aryan kings nor were the non aryans devoid of religious rites or of cravings after a future life they adorn says an ancient sanskrit book the bodies of their dead with gifts with raiment with ornament imagining that thereby they shall attain the world to come these ornaments are the bit of bronze copper and gold which we now dig up from beneath their rude stone monuments in the ramayana or sanskrit epic which narrates the advance of the aryans into southern india a non aryan chief describes his race as of fearful swiftness unyielding in battle in colour like a dark blue cloud in the old aryan colonies among the five rivers of the Punjab, each housefather was a husbandman warrior and priest but by degrees certain gifted families who composed the vedic hymns or learned them off by heart were always chosen by the king to perform the great sacrifices in this way probably the priestly case sprang up as the aryans conquered more territory fortunate soldiers received a larger share of the lands than others and cultivated it not with their own hands but by means of the vanquished non aryan tribes in this way the four castes arose first the priests or brahmans second the warriors or fighting companions of the king called rajputs or Kshatriyas, literally of the royal stock third the agricultural settlers who kept the old name of Vaisyas from the root vis which in the primitive vedic period had included the whole people fourth the sudras or conquered non-Aryan tribes who became serfs. The three first castes were of Aryan descent and were honored by the name of the twice-born castes. They could all be present at the sacrifices and they worshipped the same bright gods. The Sudras were the slave bands of black descent of the Veda. They were distinguished from their twice-born Aryan conquerors as being only once-born and by many contemptuous epithets they were not allowed to be present at the great national sacrifices or at the feasts which followed them they could never rise out of their servile condition and to them was assigned the severest toil in the fields and all the hard and dirty work of the village community the brahmans or priests claimed the highest rank but they seemed to have had a long struggle with the kshatriya or warrior caste before they won their proud position at the head of the indian people they afterwards secured themselves in that position by teaching that it had been given to them by god at the beginning of the world they said the brahman proceeded from the mouth of the creator the kshatriya from his arms the Vaisya from his thighs or belly and the sudra from his feet this legend is true so far that the brahmans were really the brain-power of the indian people the Kshatriyas, its armed hands, the Vaisyas, the food growers, the Sudras, the downtrodden serfs. At any rate, when the Brahmans had established their power, they made a wise use of it. From the ancient Vedic times, they recognized that if they were to exercise spiritual supremacy, they must renounce earthly pomp. In arrogating the priestly function, they gave up all claim to the royal office. They were divinely appointed to be the guides of nations and the counsellors of kings, but they could not be kings themselves. As the duty of the Sudra was to serve, of the Vaisya to till the ground and follow middle-class trades or crafts, so the business of the Kshatriya was to fight the public enemy, and of the Brahman to propitiate the national gods. Each day brought to the Brahmins its routine of ceremonies, studies and duties their whole life was mapped out into four clearly defined stages of discipline for their existence in its full religious significance commenced not at birth but on being invested at the close of childhood with the sacred thread of the twice-born their youth and early manhood were to be entirely spent in learning by heart from an older brahman the inspired scriptures tending the sacred fire and serving their preceptor having completed his long studies the brahman entered on the second stage of his life as a householder he married and commenced the course of family duties when he had reared a family and gained a practical knowledge of the world he retired into the forest as a recluse for the third period of his life feeding on roots or fruits and practising his religious duties with increased devotion the fourth stage was that of the ascetic or religious mendicant wholly withdrawn from earthly affairs and striving to attain a condition of mind which heedless of the joys or pains or wants of the body is intent only on its final absorption into the deity the brahman in this fourth stage of his life ate nothing but what was given to him unasked and abode not more than one day in any village lest the vanities of the world should find entrance into his heart throughout his whole existence he practised a strict temperance drinking no wine using a simple diet curbing the desires shut off from the tumults of war as his business was to pray not to fight and having his thoughts ever fixed on study and contemplation what is this world says a brahman sage it is even as the bough of a tree On which a bird rests for a night, and in the morning flies away. End of section four. This recording is in the public domain.